Real Goddess, Discovering Your Divine Destiny by Shuri Sandal. Episode 34, Conspiring in Your Favor. Real Goddess is the most important thing you can know about in your life. It's the end goal of all we become in this life. Eternity is the wrong thing to be wrong about. A wise man said that in this current day and age, women will be seen as different and distinct in the happiest of ways. And I'm here to rope you in, sister. So consider this thought. Everything that happens is actually good. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Do you think there's some exceptions? Well, I'm going to tell you a story about something that was bad that happened that ended up being good. And I'm sure you can come up with these stories too, if you can think through your life and through creative processes to get you to this thought that things are good. So my family and I were going to go on a hike during the coronavirus because that's what we chose to do. Instead of holding up inside our house, we decided to go on hikes. So we went on hikes every week and we were going to go on a hike to Dry Creek Falls in the center of Utah. And we took our best car, the car that we felt would get us there well. And about seven miles off the highway heading toward Dry Creek Falls, we got a flat tire. Well, this car was pretty new to us, so we weren't totally sure about all the tools that we needed to change the tire. So we started to look into the car and uh, into the back of the car and see what we could have, what we had at our disposal. And pretty soon we realized that the nut size and the crossbar tool we had didn't match. And so we were unable to unscrew the nut because it was smaller than the crossbar tool. If I'm even using that word right. And we were away from cell service. And like I said, we were about seven miles from the main road. And we were truly kind of in a pickle. And I remember thinking, oh man, this is bad. This is bad. This is really bad. What are we going to do? I started thinking about the seven miles that we could hike back to the main road. And by that time, we would definitely not have time to do our hike because it was in the middle to late afternoon. And so I tried to think of what we could be doing and uh, what the alternatives were. And I vaguely remember passing like three houses, maybe a mile or two back behind us, but they were hidden by hills now. So I wasn't totally sure how far away they were. And so my daughter, who was 12 at the time, said, well, dad, I'll go with you if you want to go back and find those houses. We can run together. And he said, well, I guess that's our only option is to go back and see if we can, you know, see if anyone was even home at those houses. And so she and he started running down the road away from us while we just sat there wondering what we could do. And by the way, we had tried different things that our teenager boys had suggested, like sticking a dime in between the nut and the crossbar tool to see if it would give it enough space to be able to have the friction to be able to turn it. And that didn't work. We tried a few different ways of trying to get this nut off and it just wasn't working. So this was the next option. So I sat there with the, ki the rest of the kids 
on this blowing, it was a blowing weather at that time, a hot blowing weather. And inside and outside the car was all kind of uncomfortable. So we just kind of sat in the shade and waited. And as I was sitting there, I had this thought, don't I have a neighbor who said that her parents live kind of in the middle of nowhere outside of the city we just passed by? I wonder if it's possible that that could be her family, her parents, in one of those three houses behind us. And I just kept having this thought, kind of like, well, yeah, of course, that's what it is. And I kept thinking, well, I can't know for sure. But I do remember this fact about my friend who just lives a few houses away from us in the city. And so we sat there and we waited. And finally, a man came back driving a truck with my husband and daughter. And he jumped out and had a few sizes of crossbar tools again. I apologize because I don't know exactly what that thing's called. And he started working and I started getting up my courage. And pretty soon he'd got the tire off and was helping put on the spare tire. And he kind of stepped back a little bit to take a little bit of a break because he, he was getting older and didn't look like he was exactly in the very best of shape. And so my husband and son started working and so I kind of approached him and I said, would you happen to be, and I listed the name of what I knew was the maiden name of my friend in the city. And he said, that's me. I'm the mayor of this little town of three houses. I said, really? Well, your daughter is my friend. And he said, no way, really? And I said, yeah, she told us that you lived out here. I was wondering if this might be you. He said, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm glad you know her. Yeah, that's great. And so then I offered him like 40 bucks cash that I had in my purse. He said, oh, no, 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 no. Well, of course he said, no, 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 you know. But uh, he didn't accept it. And he um, shook our hands and the deed was done. And he went back to his house. And we, at this point, didn't have any option but to turn around and just go back home and get the tire fixed and maybe come do this another day. So indeed, maybe two weeks later, this was going to be the hike again that we were going to attempt. So we came once again on that same road. And as we were passing, I said to my husband, Hey, um, I believe my friend says that this guy who helped us, her dad, has a rock shop in his basement. I wonder if we should go check it out and maybe buy something from his rock shop for helping us out. Like he might not have taken the 40 bucks, but at least we could go look at his rock shop. So we pulled down the little lane that went to his house and in the basement, sure enough, there was a little rock shop and I couldn't believe all of the priceless gems this guy and his wife had. I mean, talk about, this is more than a, a huge hobby. It is a business and they had all sorts of valuable rocks and all sorts of like glow in the dark. I don't even know the kind of words and one rock, it was a white rock but they call it like a magnifying rock because you can see through the rock and then it magnifies whatever print is underneath the rock and it's square and it's like like that in nature which I didn't even know you could do in nature is have square other than I guess mint stems of the mint plant have squares but anyway so I was really intrigued and before I knew it my whole family had picked out rocks except for me but it was going to equal about 40 bucks so I thought well 
I guess we'll call that good, that kind of pays them back. And he gladly accepted it and told us he'd be happy to take us on some rock counting sometime if we'd like. And we had to remind him, hey, we're the ones that you helped out a few weeks ago. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. How did everything go? <laughs> so it was surprising to me that we found priceless gems in the basement of this man's house. And we hadn't meant, we, we didn't mean to find this rock shop with this guy, but there's no way we could have found it if our car hadn't have broken down. Well, we were able to continue on our journey and went several miles up into the canyon and visited Dry Creek Falls. And of course, my sons scared me to death because they like to get in the highest pinnacle that you could. And the real place that you're supposed to look at is at the bottom of the waterfall. And they're at the highest point, And I can't even look up there because they're just looking right over the edge. And I'm planning their funerals. And so it's kind of scary. But I have to say, well, they are their own person. They are making this choice. So just deal with it. Now, so look at that setback and the opposition that we faced with that car that we really had not very many options. But in the end, we found this quaint little rock shop and were able to, I was able to go to, back to my friend and say, guess what? I met your dad and he was so helpful, the mayor of that small town, to come out and help us get our car back going again. By the way, that rock shop is called the Rock Shop at Elbow Ranch. Well, so sometimes we have setbacks and opposition in life, right? It is just part of life. I swear that I have issues with computers and software. And sometimes the software will not be working and I've tried everything. And pretty soon I'm realizing that I have better solutions. I find a, a better software or I find that there's a different hardware that I could be using. For example, I was trying to get this webcam to work and it was just dark and not looking very good. And then I realized that I had a new DSL camera that I'd bought a couple months ago that I plugged in and it worked just great. And all of my searching and problem that I'd had of the past was suddenly okay again and I was able to find a solution. Or I think about with health. What gratitude and fight for life do you recognize with health issues? So health challenges for me are a wake-up call, a reason to unite the body and the spirit more completely. Because when done right, the spirit is the master of the body, not the other way around. So I go inward and I say, what's going on with my body? What do I need to do differently? What is this warning me about? What information is this that my body is doing, giving my spirit and my mind? How about the people in our lives and and some of the people that are bothersome to me? What are they telling me about myself? People are in our life for a reason. So what is that? What is the struggle that they seem to be about in our having opposition so that we can learn more about ourselves. So let's let me introduce to you as we explore how this all relates to the goddess something called the god seed. So the goddess obviously will have had opposition in her earthly life that she had to learn how to deal with. 
and I don't think by the time you're a goddess, you you don't know how to not deal with the bad things that happen. Wait, did I say that wrong? I don't think that you have not figured out how to deal with life and the opposition. So on our earth journey, I think we can get used to malcontentedness and assume that everything seems to go wrong or that you're the kind of person where everything just does go wrong, that life is all about trial. And even when everything is good and you really don't have a reason to complain, you're used to feeling malcontentedness. It actually feels good to be the victim. We can become addicted to malcontentedness. It's just where our brain goes through those neuro pathways. So then there's a new paradigm in mindset, and I am totally going to admit that I'm stealing this from one of my favorite mentors who did a podcast recently on this topic as well, which is everything is conspiring in my favor. So I am doing this podcast from my spin based upon her topic because I loved it so much. So what she says is, life is orchestrated in a perfect succession for me. Everything that happens is happening correctly. I personally have lived long enough to look back through decades and see how things are coming full circle now. How the person that I am now could have never been the person I am if it weren't for these things orchestrated perfectly, conspired in my favor. When you come to this point of realization that everything is happening just right, you recognize a determined succeeding energy inside you that you are not presently meeting. You have been settling. I hate it when I find that I have just been settling. When I haven't been going for the best thing, I've just been saying, uh, it'll, it'll do. I'll make do. I know that God gives me trials for a reason is the one thought. It's the first thought. God gives me trials for a reason. Two, the goddess mentality of everything is conspiring in my favor. So then my question is, when I find opposition in my life, where is that next priceless gem? This desire for a higher state of existence is the God seed. It's the God seed that longs for more than malcontentedness because it knows more is possible. Yet the God seed works very much in the present. It knows what is possible. It realizes what is there is just right. And it takes what you have and makes it like a customized package just for you. Ultimately, all that you have is all that you need. So it really is just about a mind shift of recognizing it is exclusively your gift. The God seed is the divine spark within you that is a spiritual genetic coding as an offspring of our heavenly parents. It points you towards the knowledge that you can rise above what is happening in the world and latch onto the possibilities of what a perfect heavenly being could also have you enjoy. Because you are the product of heavenly beings who want what's best for you, not struggle, but purpose. And that can come through opposition, which is not bad, just opposite. So as a goddess, you can just know that all you have is all you need. 
and that you can live with the gods he'd hope. There really is nothing conspiring against you. Like I said, sometimes my technology doesn't work perfectly for me. And I have killed three laptops through blown circuitry. And I happen to impossibly mess up other people's websites on a regular basis. And I just realize, well, that gives me an opportunity of gratitude because I can buy the next laptop. And that I have the manifesting power of even messing up people's websites. And in the end, it will be better and it will serve me for what I need in the meanwhile. What a relief that anything God has commanded you to do or inspired you to do, he gives you all that you need to be able to accomplish it. And with that God seed inside you, it is 100% possible because you're a chip off the old block. What God can do, you have a fraction of being able to do in a mortal state. And you can access his power at 100% if it's his will. So the God seed can actually blossom and bloom to something much greater. So let's look at the example of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ worked by this principle and had much. In fact, he had all that he needed. Even though by worldly standards, as far as we know, he didn't really have much. The New Testament tells us he didn't even have a place to lay his head. In Matthew chapter 8 and Luke chapter 9, Jesus states, The foxes have holes and the birds of the sky have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Jesus Christ did, however, have carpentry skills, a donkey to ride into Jerusalem, a fine robe the soldiers cast lots for, that we don't even know how he came upon this robe. He had all that he needed and didn't worry about worldly things. It's as if he knew he had the faith that what he needed he had, that any opposition was not actually opposition because he could have what he needed and wanted, which amazingly wasn't much as far as we know. And I've come to realize that Christ did have people in his life. That was his main commodity, his main concern, and his main lesson was people. We, too, have all the people in our space for very particular reasons, like I already mentioned. So who are these people in our lives? And like Christ, for good and opposite, everything and everyone conspires in his and our favor. As a potential goddess, how will you see everything conspiring perfectly in your favor? And how can you practice that knowing that what is in your space and that you are attracting is just right for your mortal journey so that you can find those priceless gems? I hope you will join me in awakening one million potential goddesses to their divine destiny by sharing this podcast and information with others you think would benefit. And I hope that you see how everything is truly conspiring exactly in your favor.